Section 72 of England, Scotland, Ireland, and Wales. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by April 6090, California, United States of America. The World's Story, Volume 10 England, Scotland, Ireland, and Wales. Edited by Eva March Tappan. Section 72 Why Jenny Geddes Threw Her Stool at the Dean by Grace Greenwood. Sarah J. Lippincott. St. Giles Cathedral, or the High Church, as it is now called, is not a very beautiful building, but it has a venerable look and has many interesting historical associations. It was here that James the Sixth took leave of his Scottish subjects as he was about to proceed to England to succeed Elizabeth, and it is recorded that the people actually wept at losing him. But in St. Giles Cathedral occurred a yet more important event than this royal farewell. Here, on the 13th of October, 1643, was sworn to and subscribed by the Committee of Estates in Parliament, the Commission of the Church, and the English Commission, the Solemn League in Covenant, between the English Puritans and the Scottish Presbyterians. Another league called the National Covenant had six years before being adopted by the Scottish people alone, as a defense against the encroachments of prelacy or episcopy. The reformation in Scotland was much more thorough and hardy than in England. Some of the reformers were too stern, hard, and uncharitable, but they had a stern, hard work to do, and so much persecution to endure, that it is little wonder they could not keep themselves in a very amiable frame of mind. Most of them were honest and earnest men, who had the good of their country and the glory of God at heart. The forms and titles of the English church were not very different from those of the church of Rome, though the king was declared its head instead of the pope. But the Kirk of Scotland was as opposite as possible to the church of Rome in its forms and government. The Presbyterian system was simple and strictly republican. The affairs of the Kirk were administered by representatives, meeting in assemblies, and elected by votes, and no great head of the church was acknowledged except christ himself the scottish people went out in a great body from the church of rome because their consciences condemned its corruptions and their proud spirits rebelled against its tyranny the english people were mostly driven out by their hot-headed king henry the eighth who had taken a spite against the pope and for many years they secretly longed to get back and clung for dear life to as many of the romish forms and ceremonies as their pope kings would allow them so it could hardly be expected that there would be such sympathy between the english and scotch protestants though there was really very little difference between the doctrines they professed king james the sixth who was never more than half a man showed no affection or gratitude toward the protestant clergy through whose power he had been placed on his poor mother's throne the stern old presbyterian preachers were little to his taste they refused to flatter him but bolted out their disagreeable truths and thundered forth their rough reproofs and admonitions to his face on one occasion when an uncommonly free-spoken divine 
was preaching before him the storm of pious rebuke came so hot and heavy that the king jumping to his feet called out angrily speak sense mon or come down fra the pulpit the minister grew very red in the face but answered with becoming spirit i tell thee mon i will neither speak sense nor come down fra the pulpit when in sixteen o three james was called to the english throne he determined to unite the religions as well as the governments of the two nations and disliking presbyterianism he resolved that it should be made to yield to episcopacy and that scotland should conform to england his first tyrannical act was to punish by banishment and in other ways six clergymen for holding a general assembly without his leave he next caused measures to be passed by the parliament at perth restoring the order of bishops which the kirk had abolished then by threats and bribery he effected the passage of laws introducing the rites and ceremonies of the english service into the scottish church the day when parliament ratified these new laws called the five articles of perth was long after spoken of as the black saturday alas scotland had many such black days the larger part of the clergy and laity refused to accept the new forms of worship and were cruelly punished for nonconformity in sixteen twenty five james the sixth died and was succeeded by his son charles i who was put to death by cromwell and his party in sixteen forty nine he had some amiable manly qualities he was a good husband and father which is more than could be said of many of the stuart family but he was not a good king and he has been pitied more than he deserved i think chiefly because he was an elegant accomplished prince dignified melancholy handsome and wore his hair in long glossy curls over his shoulders it is very hard to lose one's head even if it has never been anointed and worn a crown but charles put his to no good use and by his foolish acts seemed bent on getting rid of it he was rash obstinate unreliable and despotic one of his most foolish and fatal undertakings was to carry out his father's plan of making the scots conform to episcopacy he ordered his english bishops to prepare a liturgy or book of common prayer for the scottish church and sent down his most royal commands that it should be universally adopted by the clergy and the people sunday july twenty third sixteen thirty seven was the day appointed for the introduction of the new service book into the churches of edinburgh a multitude of people including all the great lords and magistrates of the city assembled at the high church of st giles the dean of edinburgh was to officiate and at the time set for the service he came out of the vestry dressed in his surplice and trying to look solemn and priest-like but evidently feeling not a little nervous and awkward he passed to the reading desk and began reading the service in a loud but rather unsteady voice while the people looked on silently some curious and wondering as though at the eddy show but the greater part sullen and indignant among those who showed most horror and anger was an old woman by the name of janny geddes she was not learned nor great she was only the keeper of a greengrocer's stall in high street but she was a dame of spirit and a stanch presbyterian who hated episcopacy next to romanism and romanism next to the evil one himself this morning she sat on a little stool near the desk 
but sat very uneasily from the first boiling over with indignation when the dean came out in his robes she tossed her nose in the air with disgust and muttered something about popish rags then she drummed impatiently with her foot fidgeted and frowned and took snuff and glowered at him with her twinkling black eyes at length when he came to announce the collect for the day it seemed she could control herself no longer but springing to her feet she caught up her stool and flung it at the poor dean's head calling out at the top of her shrill voice dale collect the warrant of thee thou faust thief dost thou say the mass at my lug which translated into plain english means i am sorry to say something very like this the evil one give thee the colic thou false thief dost thou dare to say the mass in my ears a very kind and impolite wish certainly but those were rude times and dame janet was very much excited the throwing of her stool was the signal for a general uproar all the women of the congregation rushed toward the desk threatening to tear the surplice from the dean's shoulders but he very prudently slipped it off and while they were ripping and rending it to pieces made his escape and ran like a frightened hare till he reached his covert the deanery then the bishop of edinburgh mounted the pulpit to call the people to order but he soon dismounted for he was not only saluted by cries of a pope a pope and other hard names but by a regular storm of stools and even stones for the men grown as courageous and excited as the women were all up in arms and chose rather to fight than to pray in the new way this riot was the beginning of a stout and universal resistance to the introduction of the service book the king was as obstinate as his subjects and sent commands to the magistrates to punish the rioters severely and enforce the reading of the liturgy then the people banded together and drew up and signed the great national covenant by which they bound themselves to oppose episcopacy and defend presbyterianism with their lives hundreds of thousands eagerly signed this covenant though they knew it might expose them to persecution and even to martyrdom some signed it with one hand raised to heaven and tears streaming down their cheeks and some drew blood from their arms and dipped their pins in it to make their oaths more solemn such a people as this were a match for any tyrant as king charles found to his cost after declaring war against his rebellious scottish subjects and fighting several battles with the covenanters he was obliged to abandon his purpose and make to them some important concessions it was to a scottish army that he finally surrendered himself and i regret to say it was a scottish army that sold him to the english parliament when charles i was put to death the parliament of scotland resolved to support his son charles the second provided he would sign the covenant this he did though he hated presbyterianism even more than his father and grandfather had done he said it was not the religion for a gentleman a singular objection for a prince to make who it seemed did not think any folly or vice ungentlemanly charles signed the covenant for nothing his scottish army was not strong enough to contend with the english forces and he was obliged to retire to the continent and there remain till after the death of the great protector cromwell that old lion out of the way he came back to england and ascended the throne and the people rejoiced as though this had been a happy event and not what it proved a heavy misfortune end of section seventy two
this recording is in the public domain